0: Well, let's just kick off then. Hey, you got audio, mate? Good to go. Beautiful. All right, so after, what, a three-week hiatus, boys, welcome back to another episode of the Racing Line Podcast. It's been like an in-season, off-season. No um, supercars, no Formula One. If we had MotoGP to talk about, hell, there would have been a good race last week to chew the fat about. But anyway, Um Today, we actually don't even have any racing to talk about in Formula 1 or Supercar Land. That'll both come to us this weekend. Um, Right? There's F1 this weekend? I'm sure. And Baku. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are going to chew the fat about a few talking points that we've put together, both from Supercars and from Formula 1. We're going to jump straight into it. Joe, I'm going to let you lead because you seem to have the most skin in the game in this conversation. Um, so you give us your stimulus and then we'll have a bit of a yarn about it. Yeah. So pretty
1: much I was I- a bit louder,
2: dude. So this week, oh, not yeah. Well, Roland Dane every week does an article for Speed Cafe, um, and I think it's a it's a good. I, I I enjoyed reading his articles just because I think it's always interesting getting the um the like sort of the take of a successful team owner. Um, and this week, his main the article was about getting more younger drivers into the supercars paddock, um, and I and I thought it was an interest first I thought it was an interesting comment coming from him because from off the top of my head, the only two drivers that he's really brought in and taken, you know, gone out on a limon of all his drivers have been Win Cup and now Feeney. Like other than that, like all his drivers have been relatively successful and relatively proven commodities when they've come in. Um and he's run them long and, in the tooth as well. Lounge yeah, Win He has he has run them long in the tooth, but the other thing is he's never, he's never let any of his drivers overstay their welcome. Because even when Lowndes was getting old in the tooth, he was still winning. And he was even moved out of the main team and put in his own satellite car. So while I was thinking about it, I thought, you know what, at least when you hear what he's, you know, talking about, it's someone who sort of practiced what he's what he's what he's speaking now. And it got me thinking to a lot of the drivers that are on the grid. And I'm I'm happy to like name some that I know that we've always discussed in terms of have they um outstayed their welcome and then look at some young drivers who have come in and teams who have sort of taken a gamble on drivers and see sort of what dividends those those have paid off as well. So like I think to start off the conversation, my first point of reference would be if you look at a team like Erebus, Erebus, when they sort of came in. not when they came in, when they made the switch to um, Holden Machinery to sort of make a real go of it. They had an experienced driver in David Reynolds, who actually wasn't that old either at the time. And then they brought in Anton Di Pasquale when they went to a two-car model and they pretty much groomed him all the way to where he is now at um, Dick Johnson Racing. And then even when both those drivers have moved on, they've brought in Kestecki and um Will Brown to do the exact same job. And all their drivers have had, I would say, you know, moderate success. They've all run races, they've all run high, you know, high ends of the grid. Um, like even this year now, we've got a we've got an Erebus leading the championship at this point in time. And this is a team that has put together, you know, a great organization with, you know, modest money, and they've then really hand selected great young drivers from from feeder series. And then you look at a team like Team 18, who have sort of come along at the exact same time and is, and have gone with a much older sort of driver pairing. And regardless of how you look at how the teams are run, because so I think I think they're still very comparable, both those teams. And one team has had so much more success than the other. Like it's not even close. Um, and that's with bringing someone like, you know, a championship winner, Mark Winterbottom, but I think has more than outstayed his welcome. And I, even though I don't think Scott Pye has outstayed his welcome yet, I think just like the way that if you had kept one of them and also given yourself time to, you know, wean in a young driver, you could have had so much more benefits. Like you look at what Penright is doing now with um, Matt Payne against Davy Reynolds, you know, there's always a – um, these teams now have got these feeder systems in place to bring young drivers through. What do you think about, about this idea and, and, and the age of supercar drivers comparatively as well?
0: I reckon if you were to go through the supercar lineup and think about driver ages, I reckon you'd find more younger than not. I mean, there's obviously some that have been there for a, lot, for a minute. Will Davison, James Courtney, um, Mark Winterbottom, um, those kind of drivers. But if you think about most, te- like, for example, Tickford tend to um, bring in young drivers. Waters was young. Um, Fraser's young. Kostecki was young. Uh, Tom Randall young. Obviously, Courtney's been there for a minute. Um, but, you know, they're a pretty established team. They bring in young drivers. Uh, if you look at a team like um, Erebus, like you've spoken about, if you look at a lot of the other teams on the grid as well, uh, Matt Stone Racing. I mean, I don't think there's ever been, you know, young talent that isn't in Supercars. But I think from to to contradict my own statement, let's say you're a, a team that's trying to get some some success. You kind of um, are trying to build something. Um, you're always going to be more likely to bring some people in that are a little bit more experienced than just to to, to go out on a limb for young people because you know. While, yes, there are some definite young drivers that have hit, you know, the ones that have stayed in the game, um, to say that bringing in a young driver is going to kind of just flourish over time and turn into a successful driver, I would say isn't the case either. Um, To be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if there's an issue. Um, I mean, we see a lot of the best young drivers from, Super two make it into supercars. I mean Matt Payne was a champion, he's in supercars. Randall was a champion, he's in supercars. Declan Fraser was a champion champion, he's in supercars. Um what's who's the guy from MIDI's? Um I'm what's the MIDI's bloke? Uh Fullwood. Fullwood was a champion, he's in supercars. So like there's definitely a definite I, progression.
2: Don't get don't get hung up on the age. The age is not real like yeah, 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 it's I, on also, age, but it's was more a,
0: Keep yeah, but the, Okay, so my second my second triton in my attack was this. That's wonderful that someone like Roland Dane wants to bring in more drivers into the championship. Okay, that's great. So you want to get rid of some of the old talent. Rather than getting rid of the old talent because they do bring money through sponsors based on their experience, based on the connection they've had for long periods of time, um, why don't you develop a system that allows us to get more cars on the grid more, more of the time? Because he's been one of the biggest proponents against expanding the grid because it would bring each team less money, but you can't have it both ways. So if you want to have more young drivers on the grid, there's there's people that are willing to have another car. Blanchard, um, Boost is willing to have two more cars. That's three cars on the grid that you could extend. Um, you know, so if you want to have more young drivers on the grid, you know, put another, put a few extra seats out there. And then I'm sure um, I'm sure that you can make that happen because uh, I wouldn't say that right now there's necessarily an issue. But if you did want to get more young drivers on, well, then you could do a few things: put more cars on the grid permanently, give more um, wildcard opportunities for each driver. So you might expand it from three to six or something like that. Um, that might be more sustainable for them in finding budget too. But I don't think it's necessarily, you know, a dramatic issue. Oh, right now I don't know. does that yeah.
2: sustain it? I think, does that no i I think, I think that's a i think i think that's a perfectly valid response i think i i've got nothing to disagree with about that like and i i don't think it's like as, as big an issue as maybe i've made it out to me in the beginning but i do think there is a little bit of a and i think we've sort of missed the way but there was a time like a couple years ago when there was a lot of older gentlemen in there that probably we Could have moved out quicker, mm. but then when I look at like I, I and I know, like, sort of Mark Winterman was a hard example because he does bring a lot of sponsorship dollars and he has sort of the runs on the board. Um, but it's more like a like drivers who sort of get recycled through different teams, but they but they've they've like even when you look at someone like Jack LeBrock, Jack LeBrock isn't a young a young fellow anymore. Like he's been in and out, you know, of mm-hmm. multiple teams for a couple of years now and i have nothing against him, but he's, he's sort of hanging on that one sort of very fortuitous win where, where they, you know, ran um, four new tires at Cindy Motorsport park and then jeopardized the rest of their weekend. And, and yeah,
0: it is a race win, but.
2: Can I throw you one
0: hypothetical then? Yep. Yeah. Let's say you're Matt Stone Racing, and you've got the option to bring in a young, unproven driver. Um, I'm going to say Jake Kostecki, or you've got we'll
2: say Jaden Jade, say Ojeda, someone like okay. that. Okay,
0: so you can make you have a choice to bring in Jaden Ojeda, who has definitely got some money behind him, talented driver, um, but there's still some ambiguity about what he is. Or you can have someone like. Um, Jack LeBrock makes a little bit, you know, he brings money with him for, through truck assist. Um, you know who he is, you know what his ceiling is, you know, what his average is, et cetera. I wouldn't say that he's the, um, you know, he's going to move mountains for your team, but there's probably some teams that are like, listen, all we need is some level of consistency. If you can bring a little bit of budget as well, then you're valuable to us. Um, so I mean, think about it. Someone like Matt Stone Racing, like they've a lot of these young, these new teams. They spend a lot of time putting young drivers in the seat, just so that they can kind of be on the field and get established in the field. I mean, they did it with um, with Goddard. They did it with Kostecki. Like they've done, they've gone down the route of young, unproven talent to get on the grid. I think for them it gets to the point where they kind of think to themselves listen we've gone down that route because we had to we want to establish ourselves as a little bit more of a um, experienced team we need a little bit more feedback from the drivers with some experience saying this is where you can improve the car that's where you might want to focus etc you might want to try to bring this engineer on board that i've that I've worked with in the past so I think there's a cycle for these teams to a lot of them start with young, unproven talent, and then when they do want to establish themselves further and they've got a little bit more money, they've got a little bit more, you know, sponsorship coming in because they have got the runs on the board, then they actually look for some of that veteran talent, not so much just for kind of performance, but also to steer the team in the right direction moving forward. Um, I think we saw that with Team 18 when they went from, um, you know, the, the first couple of years where they're making a lot more mistakes, whereas kind of now they do have an established team. They do have, if you were just to look at the lineup of engineers, etc., cetera you would say, you know, that's a pretty good group of people. They haven't really stitched it together yet, um, but they are using that more experienced driver to kind of, you know, move further up the, move but, but on, then, in the but forward then it, direction. It, sort
2: of beca- it, it becomes to, it comes to a point when it's like, all right, so you, when you ask, look, I'm, Speaking out of my ask, I don't know anything about it, but I would expect a driver like Frosty demands a much higher salary than bringing a brand new driver, uh, uh, you know, a, a newbie into the into the fold. Mm. And I don't think that the results that, like, say, he's gathering for the team have been anywhere close to, um, you know, safe enough. Hmm. To, say, to to you know to warrant that if you brought someone like he's, he's 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 finishing probably middle uh yeah listen, i would have, i would 18th agree with and eighteenth every more often than not
0: i you know, would agree with that, like- that but okay, so within that team great that's that's a really good point because I would say, yeah, he probably doesn't warrant his seat, but then if your're team 18- eighteen
2: i'm saying if 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 you're getting a young driver who's finishing two positions back on that not much of a difference if you're going to save X amount of
0: dollars on 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 money. Yeah, but the difference is this. Let's say Frosty brings in the sponsorship money to cover himself so that the team doesn't have to pay his salary because they're probably not. The Walt's probably paying his salary. And then you've got the same team that can't even put that has a rolling sponsorship on their other car. So that's great to say, yeah, you should bring a, a younger driver in. But then, if you can't even get you know sponsorship on the second car to be there for the whole season, and you're looking for funds race you know race after race, well that's easier said than done. Are you going to go with a slam dunk, a decent driver that pays for himself, or are you going to have to go search for sponsorship and then bring a young talented driver just to be two places above where Frosty is? And then you might have to take some of the out of pocket uh, cost yourself. Like not every team, it's easy for not easy. But as good uh Roland Dane can say that and he can bring in um what's it, who's the young kid? Um Feeney and he can pay him well, etc., because he doesn't have to worry about, you know, the sponsorship. He's got years to let Feeney develop, even if he doesn't kind of um if it takes him a little while to mature. Whereas some other teams that are constantly looking for money, constantly looking to balance the book because they don't have someone like Red Bull bankrolling their their enterprise. They don't have that same luxury and they're constantly kind of playing the game of do I bring but, in a see, young but, talent see, with I, no money I, I or someone who's got a lot.
2: I don't I don't think that that in itself explains everything. Because you look at a team like Erebus, like I said at the start, neither of their drivers have really brought in the sponsorships for that team. They've developed partnerships through Boost after the fact. But you look at the drivers from like how Erebus has operated for a while and they've sort of done it so, on, a, on a very okay, tight budget. Okay, so let's, let's, let's but, think about that. So,
0: okay, so Brady Kostecki me- had a connection with Boost before he came in. He was funded by them the whole way through. Will Brown, young talent, fantastic. They brought him in, but he also backed, brought money to fund that car. He had Shoran Partners funding his car as well. So, yes, they brought in young talent, but even the young talent they brought in, it wasn't purely based on performance. I mean, Kostecki was good in Super 2. No one ever thought he would be as good as he is now but they still had the funds to balance the books for each of the cars they were driving. It's not just like they identified yeah, but, but these talent young, but, and then they said, but, we're going to go with all you. the, they still had to balance the
2: books. Yeah, but all the young, yeah, but, yeah but a lot of the young drivers bring some form of money.
0: Like, like that's a given, yeah, but they were funded all um, year. Both of those cars were backed by the same sponsors all year. It's not like they brought some, they brought enough
1: money for the whole year. Yeah, but like when you look at the grid, have we got any older drivers that are underperforming? Like realistically, anyone that you can look at and say they don't deserve to be on the grid, Mm. regardless of all the other factors. I would say, I would say they're like off
2: the top of my head. I would say realistically, I don't think Frosty brings much to the grid anymore. Mm. I don't like. I think he's perfect for a for, and he probably get be more successful in a in a good uh, co driving role. Um. I think as well, you look at like someone like Jack LeBrock would probably be a, a safe co-driver, but like, and I don't have anything against him, but I've never seen anything in in his supercars career. And he was at Tickford as well. So he had a decent car under him at one stage where I've gone, you know what, like I can see why you're like why teams are sticking with you other than the money of, of track assist. Um
0: you know what? I wouldn't I say there's know. a whole lot. I mean, like, I would even say someone like someone like um, Will Davidson, right? But like even, but like he even has like, outperformed like, like, yeah, but, but but even like,
2: for the last two years. One second, one second. You but even can't like even last say he year. doesn't deserve it. No, no. But even like last year, when Lee Holdsworth won Bathurst, right? Mm. We all knew he was great at Bathurst, mm. but the car was on rails, mm. right? And then that winning Bathurst, and he got an extra year at. at penwright racing which then he went back to normal like the level he was at before like why he lost his drive um and i'm not trying to pick on anyone but i'm just saying like now you see like we've got all these teams and i think this is great for this year and i hope it continues you've got like war controls running two cars in super twos you've got dick johnson racing running, i think two cars in super twos tickford have always run cars in super twos you've got tim um Blanchard Motorsport running a car in Super 2s and then triple uh, eight Racing's running two cars in Super 2s. It's like, all right, is this now a move? Because teams have seen what AAA did with Feeney, where they're able to bring him through Super 2s, got, you know, uh, sort of cohesion with the team. That team then brings him into Supercar, still has that same sort of cohesion. They can actually look at him through Super 2s and, goes, and, and, and know exactly what it is rather than performing well at, say, like Matt White Racing, and then but not really understanding what they've got there, they can make a judgment decision on all these sort of younger drivers.
0: Um yeah, but can I say this also yeah. with the greatest of respect, so we so we can say, Oh, Roland Dane, what a great thing you you're doing. It's advocating not about Roland and Dane stuff it's, like I know, but, it's I know, just but about the idea. But even from even from that point of view, right? They over the last couple of years have had like Feeney was identified by Paul Morris, then he ran for Paul Morris, he ran a year for Tickford, um, then once he kind of looked like he was going to be the goods, he got snatched up by Red Bull, um, and given given the world to to win the championship in Super Two. But Red Bull also funded or also had um, Angelo Mazuris, You know, didn't cut the mustard, wasn't given an opportunity. They also had um, what's the other Kostecki kid, um, Brody Brody Kostecki. No, you know, uh, racing for uh, Red Bull didn't oh Brody. Um not Jack. Anyway, the third Kistecki brother um didn't cut the mustard. So they've also had young talent that they had in Super yeah, Two but, that they identified but, as not as good as kind of what's on the grid currently. But what I'm is.
2: what I'm what I'm saying is if you have those those things in place in super two, you then give yourself the ability to make that judgment call of oh we can bring someone up or you know they're not cutting the mustard. I'm not saying every old driver should get should be gotten rid of, but I do think we're as a as, as a sport, there are a lot of young Australians who are applying their trade in different categories that were in that feeder series at, at one stage, and have now been lost to sort of GT racing or doing, you know, stuff in TCR or Formula th- Formula. What is it? Um, what's the car, what's the cars you like? H the, the Formula cars? S five thousand. You know, like I just I think
0: we are. We are we are putting Jerome oh, will yeah. sleep on his on his on his freaking dummy idiot. Oh <laughs> um
2: I, I'm happy can I cut that up that you called your son an idiot on the podcast? He just does dumb um, shit sometimes, eh? I was just I was just saying to Harry, like, yes, we are getting young drivers into the category, and that's great. But also I, there are a lot of young drivers who have sort of we've seen them in the feeder championships. And then we've now, now we're seeing him do great things in GTs and, and in other categories around the world. Like, I'm thinking even of like Nathan Hearn, was champion of transams here, has gone to uh, America and he's probably the fastest guy in T2 in America, like off the bat at tracks he's never raced at before. He's had a bit of bad luck and made a few mistakes. But in terms of raw pace, mm. he, I think he, there was one race he started 50th and he came up to second.
0: Mm, no he in- yeah, that's crazy. also that's that is like that's also the nature of the beast you know the amount of people that probably didn't have the money didn't have the opportunity like that's that's also just the nature of limited spots the need for funding i mean i think it's a good idea i think i don't know if the teams are actually the problem i think there's a lot of young seats like you get a lot of young seats in supercars as a to, as a top performing sport in a nation than a lot of other places, a lot of other countries around the world. I think is actually one of the better ones. Um, but if you did want to provide more options, now that you've got more seats. a cheaper car, more seats. I mean, look at look at something like IndyCar. I mean, and and the other thing is, um, you, uh, allow more seats. The racing's cheaper, then hopefully more teams want to have field three cars as opposed to two cars i mean you look at indycar a 35 car grid isn't a bad thing um it works pretty well you give yourself you know more options to um you give yourself more options to to kind of win win that money back based on the extra car and the performances etc so um i think that's a far easier way to resolve the issue than try to push out you know older talent i mean I don't know. I think if you if you've got sponsors that are willing to back you, and you're still bringing some, like in, this is an interesting point, right? James Courtney can be argued that his past is used by date. But imagine you're a team like you're a um, company like what have they got? The Snowy River Caravans, right? You chuck that mm-hmm. sponsorship on a car that isn't James Courtney. You probably don't have the same exposure, right? He's a very mm-hmm. he's very personable. He's very friendly. He's always being interviewed. Um, he gets the—he's still getting, you know, podiums. Like he's probably one of the drivers that's long in the tooth that's still, you know, fighting for podiums at least a handful of times since he's had that sponsorship. So for a company like that, who's, you know, who's bankrolling him, um, they probably wouldn't get those results out of someone like Declan Fraser right but now. But I'm not saying that they but won't, you, but, but right now they yeah, wouldn't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not—I'm not saying so. They're getting the bank for the and- that they want. But long in the
2: tooth is not my argument. Forget for being moved on. Like long in the tooth is one thing, but like if you're bringing results, all mm. power to you, I'm not saying oh you're old, yeah, but it's not consistent the fuck, the results. I mean, he's also been down the back of the field. He's, you know, he's just as many he's, times as he's been in the podium. No, he's been he's been by far at least the second best driver in that Tigford car for at least two years.
0: Yeah, but the other two, are the other
2: thing. Not not even close. And if you're bringing in podiums and top fives and top tens. Like I'm not saying if you're bringing, if you're having consistently say 10 top tens, a couple of podiums a year, that's fine. But like my argument is if you're like Mark Winterbottom probably hasn't had a podium in four years, maybe a handful of t- maybe three top tens a year. Like that isn't an, like, like, I don't think that's enough t- Um. Bang for your buck, like like you're you're talking at Courtney. I think Courtney's a great example of yeah, you can be on in years, but if you're if you're providing, like you know, all power to you. Mm. Um, and I think he's the kind of driver as well that if he's if he wasn't providing, he'd probably walk away as well. Like I don't think he's he's going to be, be dicking around if he's coming fourteenth and thirteenth and eighteenth. Um, I don't. I'm yeah. It's, oh. it's it's it is a complex con- uh, conversation, and I, and I have nothing against how it is now, I just think it was an interesting discussion. Mm, it's interesting point. Discussion.
0: Um, can you talk about a bit of F1? Yeah, why not? So I read today, um, or not today, two That's days dangerous. ago, that everything in Ferrari land isn't as sweet as it seems and that the relationship between Charles and Carlos is starting to get a little bit more chippy. Uh, And that um, based on the performances that Carlos is having, the establishment between him being, you know, or him being the second driver and Charles being the first isn't as clear cut within the team as it was two years ago when he signed for the company. Um, I'm going to bring Harry in first because he still seems to think that it's very much a Leclerc centric team. But what do you guys both think of that dynamic? How does
1: it how does it evolve moving forward? H. Yeah, I definitely think Ferrari are putting all their eggs in the Charles basket. Carlos was signed as a solid number two, and I think. The fact that Fred Vasseur has gone there as the team principal, which is, you know, the guy that gave Charles his first shot in Formula One, I can't see that changing regardless of how well Carlos does. Whether Carlos is happy to be a number two driver, I doubt it. But um, I definitely think that all their eggs are in the Charles basket. Joey, do you agree? I think as a team,
2: if Ferrari is worried about number one and number two drivers at the moment, they've got they've got that's the least of their problems. Um, Like you said, Charles coming in under uh, Vasseur at Sauber probably at at initially gives him maybe a slight heads up, but like as a team, um, I I think I don't think Charles has performed well enough to be to be frightfully honest to cement himself as the number one. Um, and also, I don't think it's really a problem if if it's not, you know, all rosy in, in the team because we've seen plenty of high-performing teams have very frosty driver relationships. Um, probably Mercedes' best years and probably the best competition we got was between Rosberg and Hamilton, and we knew that. relationship soured re- relatively quickly. We've seen years at McLaren of pure dominance with, with Prost and... Uh, center that were, you know, frosty was probably a nice way to put it. And they were completely dominant. We've had years of uh, uh, when Williams was a powerhouse with Phil, Nerve and Hill, and they didn't really get along. Um, So drivers not being friendly realistically is probably a sign that the team is in a a good position. Um, Like, but like what I said with Ferrari, I think they've got more than enough problems to worry about than, Who's the number one driver? They they have to take whatever good results they can get, and if Charles wants to be number one driver, become undeniable. But if if Carlos becomes undeniably the, the number one driver, there's no way they're going to move him forward. They're in no position to move any like to move him forward. That this driver lineup for them, unless they can scrounge together some multi million of worth of dollars to somehow lure Hamilton there. So I think that's the only driver that A is worth going for, um, if if you know for them. But even still, like we can't say he, anyone's gonna, he's going to want to go there, there. Other than that, I don't think they're in any position to lose either driver. And um, you know, just let them fight for it. But don't don't be putting your eggs in the Charles box because we know there, that there. under pressure he doesn't yeah. seem to have that killer instinct yet.
0: Very interesting. Hmm.
2: Like, do you do you think that Charles has done enough to warrant number one driver status? Regardless
0: of the politics.
2: I think every I race think that he
0: makes in a thing gets worse. Yeah, I think Carlos is doing the same thing he did at McLaren, where Leando was the like de facto kind of prince of the team. And then just over a couple of years he just works hard, chips away and gets himself back in the game like that's kind of what he did at um at McLaren as well now I'm 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 a pretty like I'm a Charles guy more than I'm a a Carlos guy the more than I'm a Charles guy anyway but I think he he does everything right like he maximizes most of his results he doesn't have the killer like qualifying pace of Leclerc but I think over the course of a season he's pretty uh he's pretty effective um Okay, what about this? Another Formula One question that I had for you, and it's similar to what we're talking about with supercars. So I was very much of the opinion that someone like Nico Hulkenberg, uh, Kevin Magnussen, shouldn't be given the choice, like the ch- like they shouldn't be have the chance to get back into Formula One. Uh, and if you're interested, like if you're interested in Daniel Ricciardo, then like he's in the same position to both of them, and he could very well find his way back into Formula One. However, with someone like Alonso, the way he's performing, someone like Hulkenberg, since he's come back and the way that he's performing as well, um, do we need to stop thinking about some of our elder statesmen in Formula One um, as long in the tooth purely based on the cars being easier to drive, kind of like if you watch them like they're so smooth now, etc. cetera, um, and, you know, we just have to accept that drivers can do it for longer and longer based on how efficient these cars are becoming
1: yeah like i get <sighs> i hate this whole they need to go because they're older or whatever we need to bring young guys in if the guys quick the guys quick mm. if, if don't, they, i don't if, think
2: i don't think bringing like anth saying bringing magnus and hulkenberg and alonso back there is there is no like way in like you can dice that you can put Magnussen and Holkenberg in the same bracket as Alonso. Like Alonso staying into his forties is 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 fine, but even when I look at Magnussen this year, I'm like, yeah, he's he's not doing a bad job, but
0: he's not a he really doing a really
2: good job. Anything, Magnussen or Holkenberg? So Holkenberg, yeah, I'm talking about Magnussen. Is he doing anything more than what? at least a, a, a
1: good younger driver does anyway. like, like for, yeah, But he's a me, known quantity. Even- for a team like Haas, he's a known quantity. For a team like Haas who I, I, can't afford I to have the car on a, a wall, name. like he's not going to crash the car.
2: I understand he's a known quantity, but you can also have younger drivers who are known, quant- like young drivers who are known to not, to not, you know, have accidents. But for me, it's like keeping a driver around because he's a known quantity quantity, but nothing exceptional, I don't think helps the sport in any way because all you're doing is then backlogging, back-logging the, you know, the reps that a younger driver can have to get better quicker. Um. And I'm, and I'm not using Magnus as an example because I don't think he's been at all bad enough to be want- warranted to move out. But I, I think the same thing that I, I, I used to, like, like when I say like a, uh, a driver like Vettel, who, who not you know getting into Q3 or or out of Q1, I'm like, well, do we need you know someone like that still in the series other than you know for for the for the brand name? And you can say, yeah, he's a four-time world champion, so he can leave when he wants. And I say that's fair. That is a fair call. He can leave when he wants, but. Sort of same thing I was saying about supercars. If you've got drivers on the sideline, I, I would like to see teams be a bit more daring and taking a punt on on a on a on a on a young driver rather than letting them go and spend four years in the wilderness and then their sort of their killer instinct by that time is is gone. Well, I don't know.
1: We're I bit, you we're looking for at, yeah, look, I think the way the team principals are talking about Danny Rick. In in the media, I think his stock's still quite high. I think – I'm not saying, you know, he's going to get a Red Bull seat or whatever, but I think there are teams that see value in in Danny Rick and they see, you know, it was just a blip. He's been pretty consistent throughout his whole career by the two years at McLaren. But
2: but you know what what as well, talking about Danny Rick, because this is a really good point. I was reading something about apparently, yeah, about Checo Perez's future at Red Bull is – is not as concrete as hmm. people might think it is but i'm like if if red bull finished first in the drivers championship they finished first in the constructors team championship a what is the reason to make any change if any what because danny rick danny ricks a top bloke you know being a top bloke is is not a reason to fuck up you know a th- then that what would be then a three you know three on the top championship team um, but then you look at, and I, I don't put much sock into as much stock into Super Formula, but say Liam Lawson, who, who looks really good in Super Formula this year, does this year Any in Super, Super GT. Formula. Oh, sorry, Super Formula. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's, he looks really good in Super Formula. You go, all right, let's leave Checo in for one more year, end of his contract. And if old mate's doing the same thing he's done this year, next year in Super Formula, bring a young driver in. Because Red Bull's always uh, been about bringing in young drivers. I'm just like, well, I don't not, see not, any
1: point in them bringing in Danny Rick. I don't, I don't yeah, see well, it like. But that's what I said, Joe. I said I'm, I, I'm not saying he's going to get a Red Bull seat. I'm just saying his stock throughout the paddock is still pretty high. See, but your Red Bull and Sergio, same age. They're probably the same age. But like, he's. I don't think. I don't think Liam Lawson's in with a shot. Liam Lawson's not in with a shot at year. all because. No, ever. Like until until he drives for Alpha Terry, even Max went through Alpha Terry. None of them have gone junior junior formula straight into the main team. They've always gone through Alpha then to the main team. If he, if he wins super formula,
0: you would put him above Samota and existing
1: but I, I can't see them promoting That's someone sh- straight into the main team when Albon struggled when Gasly struggled. They'll promote someone else before you know, they like promote be. Like I said, Gasly, there'll be, there'll be no, Gasly was no probably good enough. You.
0: Gasly had enough credit to go straight into the main team, even though he didn't. Um, Albon doesn't. He never did. Like He was good as a junior. He was never at Lawson's level. Liam Lawson has been good in everything he's done. He's been, he was good in Euro Formula. He was good in Super 2 the year he did. He was good in Super 3 the year he did. He was bloody good in DTM the year he did that as well. He won the first race yeah, of so the Super so Formula say, Championship. I don't know if he won say, how he went in the second race. Um, he came. He came. He came fourth. He came fourth this weekend. But his stocks third right before. now, as a junior, I mean, they're as high as they can be. Like, I, it would not surprise. Like, if I was Red Bull and I was hedging my bets on him, how he's going now, racing against men, let's say that in Japan or someone like Sonoda, who still is as erratic as as they come, um, or someone like DeVries, who um is a little bit older. So while he might have some more runs on the board, even even Nick DeVries during his junior career never had the like the hype or the buzz that Liam Lawson's got. So I don't know. I reckon he's, Liam Lawson for me is could go straight into the to the first team because the other conversation that has started making the rounds is that, you know, Max isn't here for the long haul in Formula 1. So if Red Bull don't have – What? They're saying that if Max wins, you know, another championship or two, like, and he's done everything he can in Formula 1, don't expect him to stay around just for, like, the sake of trying to
1: chase down Schumacher or Hamilton. Like, they say that he's got other – What will he say? He's he's, he's not – You you can already tell he's getting the shits with Formula 1. He's Dude, getting cranky think, about the fact that they're constantly changing the weekend format. He's getting the shits with the the media. He's getting. Well, when he's I look getting, at Max, I, could, I see a driver who
2: I would I would no doubt think would be interested in running like endurance car racing,
0: mm, um, starting his own you know, team. He, well, he's already got his, his own, own team.
2: team. Well, he's got his own esports team, but oh, he's actually got his own he's GT. Got team, the right. Racing in um, BTM. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would definitely not be surprised if he, you know, he takes his money and runs. But regardless, like when I, I like I just think about when we're saying about that whole Liam Lawson thing. A, I don't think AlphaTauri might be there when when he has to come through. But then also, I don't think as a team AlphaTauri is really offering their drivers the Red Bull much value with how bad that that car is at the moment. Um, I don't know. I I just. I just, I don't, I don't get the Daniel, Dan Ricardo thing, but like, I know he's not going to go back to Red Bull, but then he's pretty much made it clear. He doesn't want to go drive for anyone other than a, someone who's got, you know, a chance of race victories and he's not sliding in at Ferrari. He's not going to Mercedes and he's not going to Red Bull. And he's probably definitely not going to Aston mm. unless they, they, they can, they can march off little stroll. So like all the options that were available last year that he didn't take are going to be his options at the you know at the next ballot. So what's going to, what's going to change for that? Unless he just has had his rest and he wants to just drive something else.
1: To me, it feels like he's already got something lined up. For him to be talking the way he's talking, he's got to have something lined up. I wouldn't be I would not be surprised. If, Where do you reckon? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised
2: if he go- if he goes to Red Bull. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I'm the same. I wouldn't – like, that would – I think that's the only logical thing. I just – reckon, like, there's I a bit of nostalgia there? I like, think Red Bull <clears> – Yeah,
0: of course. He's like, they Red like Bull him, junior. Red Bull, want him back.
1: They're smashing him. If he was social. there, if he
0: made it next – if he was in the Red Bull seat next year, that would absolutely befuddle me. But it would be – I would actually be interested to see how he performs back in an Adrian Newey design car because I've been – I've been pretty negative about him for the last couple of years and I would like to be
1: proven wrong. I was reading I can... something I was reading something today oh, that um sorry ten minutes, ten minutes into the simulator, um, he was on on pace with the other two um on his first session. It took him about 10, 15 minutes, and it's obviously because he knows knows the team, knows the car. Mm. Um he was on pace within 10, 15 minutes, so only, only I'm not saying that's where he's going to end up, but yeah the only thing I could see is that as
2: Mercedes and hopefully Ferrari get closer to Red Bull, and uh, you know the concrete nature of one, twos or what should the be need for a second driver to perform you know, as well?: or the need for a com- uh, uh, a compatible second driver probably becomes more and more needed. That would be the only reason why I think, well, they know both of the characters well enough. They could, the end would probably be happy to play second fiddle to max, probably more so than Checo. And if they believe that, like, uh, you know, purely I could see it happening. Um, And that I would say would merit, you know, would have some merit in it, but, and also, I think it also depends very much so on how Checo finishes the season. Like if, if he's if he's comes second, you know, by the skin of his teeth, and um, you know Max runs away with it, Red Bull's not the kind of team to suffer like fools. So I could see that happening, but it's he, and the only reason he's gone to Red Bull, I feel like, is because he knows something there.
1: Because they welcome 100%. him back
2: like a like like the prodigal son. Hundred percent.
1: There's got to be. I, I'm, uh, as I said, I don't want to say he's definitely going there, but. From what I'm reading, there is some issues between Checo and Max. um, That's what you're saying. I don't want to say he's going Why else would he sign up to do that role? It just it doesn't make sense to me. So we're doing more publicity than than
2: Checo's ever done for Red Bull. And he's not even there driving and probably people are 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 more probably fans are happier to Mm. deal with to deal with that face than they are with Checo, to be honest. Other than maybe in Mexico, that's the only time that
1: Checo probably needs to do more press. Mm. It's a very yeah. odd scenario. I'm interested to see. Checo always starts the seasons really well because they're all street circuits. There's Australia, there's Baku, there's Monaco, there's Miami, there's whatever. And then he tapers off towards the back end. It'll be interesting to see if he can stay on Max's pace for the whole year. I don't mm. think so. Having said that, I do I, I have been I've been
2: pretty you know Happy with all his races this year. I think his qualifying at Albert Park was a bit of a, you know, that was a bit mm. of a fuck up. But other than that, you know, his race through was
1: was pretty great. I suppose you have to win that car, right? Yeah. A beautiful. Any beautiful more questions, T-Dog? The beautiful thing is for him. There's
0: only five more days until there's another street circuit, so you might see another epic result from Perez that makes and all he, of and this. He's conversation. Good at- <laughs> Huh? He's good at that track. As well. Yeah, I know. He's good at that track as well. Well, I think we'll leave it there, boys. We've got supercars yeah. from Barbagello this weekend. We've got Formula One from um, Baku from Baku. So the double beats. And, and we've got and we've got live golf from Singapore,
2: too.
1: lads. And what? <laughs> we've got live golf from Singapore. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I was going to say I, <laughs> the Formula One's on a really good time for us too. This what week. time is it, mate? Uh, I believe the race is either at eight thirty or nine thirty. Nice, nice. nice, nice.
0: That's Let's a, do it. How nice good is good. that?
1: Um,
0: but so we'll have a, a few things to talk about next week, which is good. Um, so everyone, thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, Joe and H, for the for the conversation. You know, we I think that was pretty pretty constructive. Um, you know, just armchair armchair warriors. Chewing the fat is always a a good thing. Um, And and like always, please continue to like, subscribe, share, all those things that we really value um, to keep spreading the word. So thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. And we'll bring you some more supercars and Formula 1 in seven days' time. So have a great night. Thank you.